Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Ram, 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 Ram,
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम राम नम ओं विष्णुपदाय कृष्ण पृष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्तिवेदात स्वामी नमिने नमस्ते सरस्वती देव गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषून्यवादी पाश्चत्तालिश्रुतारिणे शील प्रभुपाद की हरे कृष्ण सो एवरीवन इज nicely rested krishna's pastimes away from vrindavan what did krishna do after he left vrindavan krishna's vrindavan pastimes i covered last year actually i'm selecting a topic every year and then we uh, give seminar in different places generally the seminar starts the first one i give in ujjain like this topic i covered recently during the christmas holiday starting on the 25th till 31st december we covered <coughs> this krishna's past times out of vrindavan and this is the second session we are having the third one we'll have in europe in croatia then the fourth one i think i'll have in somewhere in america i haven't decided in america i'm giving a seminar in new vrindavan on the holy name This is the 50th anniversary, and they actually wanted me to give a seminar on the holy name. So that's the one I'll be giving in New Vrindavan in the month of June. But at some point, I'll give this seminar somewhere in America, and then South Africa, 
So these are the five, six places that I give a seminar every year. And so, so this is the second seminar of this year. And yesterday we briefly mentioned about certain things that we should remember when we are hearing about Krishna's pastimes. The first consideration is to recognize that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. <coughs> when we hear about Krishna's pastimes, this doubt should be completely dispelled from our heart. That, that Krishna is none other than the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And because He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, He can do anything. And He is the most powerful. Although the demons become very powerful with their mystic power, by performing various austerities and penances. For example, Kamsa was standing on his head without eating, without sleeping, just he was standing on his head. That was his austerity. And as a result of that austerity, he became so powerful. Like Hiranyakashipu, you remember? Uh, what kind of austerity he performed? He went to Mandara mountain and he was standing on his toe. And his, uh, he was not moving. And as a result of that, the ant started to eat up his body. They thought there is an endless supply of food. So they created an ant colony over his body, around his body, an ant hill. His whole body was eaten up. Like everything of his body, heart, lungs, brains, guts, everything was eaten up. And his soul was preserved within his bone marrow. Inside the bone there is marrow. So in the marrow, his soul was preserved. So this is how the demons perform austerities and as a result of their austerities they become so powerful. They become extremely powerful. And as a, actually they perform austerities to please Lord Shiva or Lord Brahma and get the benediction. Like Hiranyakashipu got the benediction from Lord Brahma. Kamsa got the benediction from Lord Shiva. And in this way, these demons become extremely powerful, so powerful that even the demigods become defeated by them. They drive the demigods out of heaven. Heavenly planet is actually the, the executive office area where all departmental heads have their offices. Now can consider an uh, organization is being run by somebody uh, and he has his own men 
then somebody comes and sabotages his office, takes over his business. And that's what the demons do. Uh, they take over, uh, take the control over. Uh, actually, the demigods are the appointed uh, representatives of Krishna uh, to take care of the affairs of the universe. So that is Krishna's arrangement. Now the demons come and take over uh, that arrangement. That is how they defy the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And that is why Krishna comes to re-establish. Like say, in a kingdom, the king has his, his uh, employee, his uh, appointed employees taking care of different departments. And if somebody comes and takes over their position, then what will the king do? Will the king tolerate it? Eventually he will come and he will clean up the mess. So that is what Krishna does. He comes to stress, to set things straight. The demons create disturbance and Krishna sets things up properly. That is why he comes and, you know, <coughs> Mother Earth was burdened by the, the weight that the demoniac king with their soldiers were asserting over her. So as a result of that, she went to Lord Brahma along with the demigods and said, please do something about it. This is how precarious the situation has become. So then Brahma said, look, this is not in my control. I, I can't actually deal with these demons. So these demons were so powerful that even Brahma couldn't deal with them. That's why he decided to go to Kshirodakshai Vishnu. And Kshirodakshai Vishnu assured that, okay, I'm coming. So generally the incarnations in this planet, or not in this planet, in this, in, in this universe, are actually expansions of Kshirodakshai Vishnu, generally. The ones, those who come uh, as to, to re-establish dharma, dharma shangsthapanarthaya, sambhavami juge juge, uh, they are the incarnations of, or expansions of Chirudakshay Krishna. But Krishna is not an expansion. Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. But it so happened that when the time came for Chirudakshay Vishnu to come as uh, incarnation, Krishna decided to come at that time. So Krishna and Krishna came, the original personality of God, and he revealed his Braja Leela. This Braja Leela of Krishna is not revealed uh, Juge Juge. The Braja Leela of Krishna is revealed only once in a day of Brahma just in a, once in a day of Brahma. And 
Brajendranandan Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. And uh, so this was the time when Krishna comes, Krishna comes in the Dwapar Yuga of the 28th Chatur Yuga of the reign of Vaivashyata Manu. There are 14 Manus starting from Sayambhuva Manu, the son of Lord Brahma, Sayambhuva Manu and the seventh Manu is Vaivashyata Manu, the son of the sun god Vivashwan. Like Krishna said in Bhagavad Gita, Imang Vivashyate Yogam Praktavanaham Abhayam Vivashwan Manave Praha Vivashwan spoke this knowledge to I gave it to Vivashwan, Vivashwan gave it to his son Manu. So that is the Vaivashyata Manu, son of Vivashwan. And this is that uh, time period. Vaivashyata Manu's reign and this is the 28th Chatur Yuga out of 71. The duration of one Manu's reign is 71 Chatur Yugas. So out of this Chatur Yugas, 27 Chatur Yuga has went by, 28 Chatur Yuga at the end of Dwapar Yuga, towards the end of Dwapar Yuga, Krishna, the original Supreme Personality of Godhead came. And then when Krishna left the planet, then Dwapar Yuga, Dwapar Yuga ended, Kali Yuga began. So we are in this particular time. Dwapar Yuga ended, Kali Yuga began, and about 5,000 years have gone by. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came about 500 years ago. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually revealed the identity of Krishna. That this Krishna is not an incarnation. Which has been explained in Srimad Bhagavatam. And this way we can see that informations may be there in the books. But we may not be able to register that. Like Bhagavatam is clearly mentioning. Bhagavatam describes 22 incarnations. And after describing them, Bhagavatam says that there are innumerable incarnations of the Lord. Innumerable. Countless incarnations of the Lord. Countless, just as uh, waves in an ocean. Can one ever count how many waves are there in the ocean? Similarly, the Lord's incarnations cannot be counted. And <clears throat> although there are these innumerable incarnations of the Lord, but Ete Changsha Kalapunsha Krishnastu Bhagavan Swayam. Shri Krishna is the Swayam Bhagavan. Although Vasudev has mentioned that. Although Sukadev Goswami mentioned that. But in spite of reading that, people couldn't understand. 
But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and explained it. What that Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam means? Krishna is not an incarnation. Krishna is the origin of all incarnations. Krishna is the source of all incarnations. Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam. That is uh, Krishna's identity. And who is that Krishna? Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu very clearly pointed out who is Krishna. This Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the original Supreme Personality of Godhead is the son of Nanda Maharaj. This is another secret. Even in Bhagavad, we get Krishna's identity as the son of Vasudeva and Devaki. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pointed out, actually it is, it will be also revealed later on that how Krishna indicated that he is the son of Nanda Maharaj and Jashoda. Actually, original Supreme Personality of Godhead is the son of Nanda Maharaj and Mata Jashoda. So that Krishna resides in Vrindavan. And he never leaves Vrindavan. Vrindavanam Parittajya Kutra Kadapi Nagachati. Leaving Vrindavan, he doesn't go anywhere. That is uh, the identity of the Supreme Personality of God. And <clears throat> in Vrindavan, Krishna performed his very wonderful pastimes with his friends with his parents, with his girlfriends. With his girlfriend, out of all these pastimes, his pastimes with his girlfriends are the most wonderful ones. Like we notice, say for example, I was giving the example of a drama or a movie, in a movie, do you get to see the story between uh, a man dealing with his friends or we generally get to see the movies, the heroes dealing with the heroine. <laughs> so this hero-heroine uh, relationship is most fascinating, most uh, sweet. Actually, in the material nature, these are all the repoverted reflection. Whatever is there in the spiritual sky is being uh, per reflected in the material nature. And the reflection is upside down, perverted. In Vrindavan, Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. And Krishna is enjoying, and the highest form of enjoyment of Krishna is his dealings with the gopis, the coward damsels. And uh, Krishna is dancing, Krishna is sporting with them. Uh, like, and also Krishna is dealing with his parents. Uh, and also he is dealing with his friends. So these are the three principal relationships of Vrindavan. That's why Vrindavan is so special. So special. 
Like these three relationships are not possible with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Why? Because friendship takes place between equals. Friendship is among equals. Now who can be equal to the Supreme Personality of Godhead? And that also, the friendship, the childhood friendship is the real friendship. <laughs> when people grow up and develop friendship, that friendship is not... Uh, when they grow up then, uh, their dealings with the opposite sex is more fascinating. But when ch among children, uh, I'm sure everybody can remember that. Uh, like as when you are young, uh, your friendship with your friends like was so intimate. If you didn't see your friend, you felt that your whole day has been spoiled. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so this is how uh, Krishna's dealing with the cowherd boys in his uh, Poganda Leela is the most fascinating. The Komar Leela, Krishna has uh, three aspects. Uh, Komar Lila or childhood pastimes. Mm. Poganda Lila or boyhood pastimes. And Koishor Lila is juvenile pastimes. Like, so, Komar Lila is predominantly with his parents. Because when child is there, the, the, he is more uh, with the parents. But then, when he grows up, from 5 to 10, that's called Pogondalila. At that time, generally, it is more intense with his friends. And then Koishalila with the gopis. And <coughs> Well, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead <coughs> and Krishna can do any, anything. Actually, even when Krishna was a baby, uh, there is some description like that in the Brahma Vaivarta Puran that the first rasa dance took place when Krishna was in the lap of, in the arm of Nanda Maharaj. So, and Nanda Maharaj was tending the cows with Krishna in his arms. So then Krishna wanted something and whenever Krishna wants something, Jogomaya makes the arrangement. Like Krishna wanted to have rasa dance with the gopis. So immediately by Jogomaya's arrangement, a dark, dense cloud appeared in the sky. And Nanda Maharaj became worried. Oh, there's a storm coming. Now this child is in my hand. Arms, how am I going to take care of the cows and take them back to the barn? So she, he noticed Radharani. Say, Radhe, you just keep the child with you for the time being. 
And while Nanda Maharaj was taking care of the cows, then all of a sudden, uh, it became midnight. <laughs> and Krishna assumed his uh, Navakishore form, uh, juvenile form. And he started to play his flute. And then all the gopis came. <laughs> and that was the first time Krishna performed Rasa dance. So here we have to understand that when, again, when we are dealing with Krishna, therefore we have to consider who he is. He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He can do anything. Now if we try to reason with it, well, how he is a little baby, how could he all of a sudden turn into a youthful form and uh, so and so forth. And, or you can say, well, it was during the day, Nanda Maharaj was taking, the cow, taking care of the cows, and then how could all of a sudden it become night? Now we have to remember, uh, everything is rel relative to Krishna's will. Uh, aren't we familiar with the concept? Uh, God said, let there be light, and there was light. He just wishes, and immediately it happens. So that is what uh, we must understand. And that is the meaning when it is said in Bhagavad Gita, Janma karma chame divyam evam javetti tattvataha takta dehang punar janma naiti mameti shorjana. That when one understands or recognizes that Krishna's Janma, Krishna's birth and Karma, Krishna's activities are divine, divyam. Janma, Karma, Chami, divyam. Divine. Divine means not relative to laws of material nature. Here we are following the laws of material nature. But in this in for Krishna, he doesn't have to follow any law. He is not the, he is not subservient to the law, but he is a law maker. So when we recognize that, that Krishna's birth and Krishna's activities are divyam, divine, then takta dehang punar janma naiti mameti shuarjana. Then, after leaving our body, we don't have to take birth again. See, just by understanding that Krishna's birth is divine, we can become free from the cycle of birth and death. So that is the important consideration. How many of you want to get out of the cycle of birth and death? Uh -huh. So the simple way is just recognize the fact that Krishna is, uh, Krishna's birth and Krishna's activities are divine because He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Simple consideration is just recognize that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So when we recognize that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then we become free from the laws of material nature. So, <clears throat> as I mentioned, that there is a hero and there is a villain. The big villain now is Kamsa. Kamsa uh, was told that 
the eighth son of his sister, cousin, Devaki, will be the cause of his death. So, now this is another thing about the demons. They don't want to die. Because they think all this arrangement they have made so nicely, how can they leave that? Kamsa actually knew about rebirth. In the Vedic culture, everybody believes in rebirth. Even the demons believe in rebirth. That they have to come again. And they have been here before. But they don't want to leave thinking one thing is that, oh, I made all these arrangements. After performing so much austerities, I got this boon. So how can I give it up? I put so much money in the bank after such hard struggle. How can I leave it behind? Therefore, they don't want to die. Another reason they don't want to die because they don't know what kind of birth is waiting for them. <clears throat> anyway, so although he was such a powerful person, generally the heroic persons, the powerful individuals, they always are very uh, courageous and they are very, uh, very uh, bold and fearless. But here we can see that although Kamsa is such a powerful person and he was not afraid to deal with the enemies, but still he is afraid of death. Because they think that at the time of death everything will be finished, therefore let's not die. Let's stay here as long as we can. That's why you find demons often ask for a boon from Brahma and Shiva to be immortal. Hiranyakashipu asks for the boon of immortality. Like Kamsa also, they all ask for immortality. <coughs> but they are told that, look, that boon we can't give. <coughs> so, when Kamsa heard that, that his uh, sister's son is going to kill him, he immediately wanted to kill his sister. Although, uh, just after her wedding, he was taking her to, the, to her husband's house. We can see that how cruel these demons can be. In one hand, he is so affectionate. He is taking his sister, taking, he himself is driving the chariot. Generally, a king won't drive chariot. He has a chariot driver. Just like a rich man doesn't drive the car himself. He has chauffeurs. The chauffeurs drive the car. But here comes sir himself is driving the chariot out of his affection for his sister. Oh. She got married, so like in one hand he is so affectionate, but as soon as he heard that her son is going to kill him, he immediately 
wanted to kill her. So that is the love of and love and affection of a demon. It can change in no time. As soon as their personal interest is affected, their attitude completely changes. So Kamsa in this way uh, is trying to uh, trying to prevent his death by killing, but then uh, killing his sister. But then Vasudev actually had told him, uh, Vasudev is wise, Krishna's father. Vasudev is actually pure goodness. In pure goodness, beyond this material nature, uh, one naturally becomes very composed, very peaceful, very detached. So Vasudev reasoned with Kamsa. Kamsa, her son is going to kill you, not her. So by killing her, what will you gain? So I promise that each time a son is born, I'll offer the child to you. So making that condition, Vasudev prevented Kamsa from killing Devaki. And, <coughs> and then we see how Kamsa killed uh, first six children that were born from Devaki's womb. Seventh one was Balaram and he was transferred to Rohini's womb. And eighth one is Krishna. So when Krishna came, Vasudev uh, transported Krishna uh, to Nanda Maharaj's house. So that's how Krishna actually grew up in Vrindavan. Although, uh, here we see that he was the son of Vasudev and Devaki. So anyway, uh, this is how Krishna appeared in Vrindavan and Krishna's Vrindavan pastimes we have discussed. In Vrindavan, Krishna killed so many demons and Kamsa became worried that one day he called all his friends and relatives. So what to do? Tell me. That this Krishna this and Balaram are killing all, the, all my associates. Although they are so powerful that even the demigods cannot deal with them. Although the demigods cannot deal with them, uh, Krishna and Balaram are killing them. So Kamsa expressed his delight, I mean expressed his surprise. And then Kamsa also pointed out to them that this personality who is addressed as Hari, uh, he uh, hides himself and he, can, he has the power to assume any form. Like sometimes he comes as a, he came uh, as uh, half lion, half man. Sometimes uh, he came as a tortoise. Sometimes he came as a boar uh, and uh, 
So in this way he can assume any form. And he is a big cheat. He came as a dwarf and took away Bali Maharaj's entire kingdom. Bali Maharaj took over, he conquered the upper, lower and middle planetary system. And this person came as a little dwarf and he cheated Bali and took away all his kingdom. And he is a friend of the demigods. So on behalf of the demigods, he took a, he banished Bali Maharaj to Patala Loka, Sutala Loka, and gave the kingdom back to the demigods. So that is how they think, the demoniac way of thinking. They are not seeing that Krishna is the supreme controller, and uh, because Bali Maharaj usurped his kingdom arrangement, Therefore, he came to rectify the situation. He is seeing him as a cheat. And sometimes you also hear, it's a very common thing that you hear in India, uh, that people say, oh, Krishna is a politician. Uh, so, in a similarly, we can, we can see kind of similar to demoniac way of thinking. They are not recognizing him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead and whatever he does, you know, it's his own divine arrangement, divine will. Why does he have to be a politician? Politician means making dubious arrangements uh, to fulfill his agenda. Isn't that politics? <laughs> making dubious arrangements to fulfill your agenda. But Krishna doesn't have to make any dubious arrangement. And Krishna doesn't have to do anything to fulfill his agenda. He can do anything. So this is how we can see how uh, today's world, uh, even India has become influenced by the demoniac mentality. The demoniac mentality means not recognizing Krishna and not surrendering unto him. Those days there were big, big demons, nowadays they have become miniature demons. Pygmies, small, small demons. So, anyway, fortunately Srila Prabhupada brought Krishna consciousness to the world. And that's why today we have been saved. We also are miniature demons. At least, I don't know about you, but I was. <laughs> and uh, Srila Prabhupada saved us. And today at least we could recognize who Krishna is. And by recognizing Krishna's identity, do we, do we lose or did we gain? It has been such a gain, such a benefit. So, <clears throat> so in this way, uh, Kamsa was expressing his grievance. Prior to that, something also happened. Uh, Kamsa was looking very worried one day. And when his friend Keshi came, a big demon. Keshi was such a big demon that just by hearing his name, the demigods used to tremble with fear. So Keshi said, Kansa, why are you looking so 
miserable. There are rings around your eyes. Your skin has become wrinkled. <laughs> As if you lost all luster. You're, uh, why, are you, why are you in such a pathetic state? And then Kamsa said, you see, this Krishna is causing so much anxiety. Like, I'm sending all these demons to kill him, but you know, one after another, they are getting killed. Then Kesi said, don't worry, Kamsa, <clears throat> I will go and take care of him. After all, a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> Kamsa said, no, Kesi, you don't know how powerful that Krishna is. He has killed Agasura, Bhakasura, Pralambasura, Arishtasura. Keshi said, okay. They have been killed, so what? Keshi is Keshi. Who can ever deal with Keshi? You have seen yourself, my strength. So saying that Keshi went to Vrindavan, assuming an a terrible form of a huge, gigantic horse. And just by, at first, the residents of Vrindavan couldn't figure out what was happening because they saw something uh, that was practically touching the sky, so big, coming. And as it was taping, the earth was trembling as if there was an earthquake. So they all started to run here and there crying. Uh, who will save us from this danger? Who will save us from this danger? Krishna, Krishna. So then Krishna said, okay, uh, just stand beside, behind me. Saying that, Krishna tightened his belt, this cloth around his waist, his uttariya. Uh, and <clears throat> he just stood there. Then Keshi came and tried to kick Krishna. <coughs> and Krishna grabbed him by his legs and threw him a uh, few miles away. Then Keshi almost fainted being thrown by Krishna like that. But then he came back to his senses and charged again. And this time he swallowed, he opened his mouth in order to swallow Krishna. Krishna just stretched his left hand. And his hand entered into Keshi's mouth. As easily as a snake enters into its hole. And then uh, Krishna expanded his hand and started to emit fire out of it. Keshi was dying. His throat was choked and that heat he couldn't bear. So he was... And then Krishna uh, started to swing Krishi overhead and he threw Keshi's body and Keshi's body went flying from Vrindavan and landed in Mathura, right in front of Kamsa.
Kamsa, by that time, Keshi's body became just like a lump of, uh, lump of uh, flesh and bone. So he couldn't figure out who, who that was. So then, <clears throat> then finally Kamsa could recognize, oh, Keshi is dead. <laughs> Another of my friend dead. <laughs> and out of fear, Kamsa's hair stand stood on end and he began to tremble with fear. Vasudeva was there at the time. A smile uh, appeared in his face. Kamsa detected that. And he became so upset that here is my enemy. Seeing my distress, he feels delighted. So he pulled out his sword to kill Vasudev. So at that time, Narad Muni appeared there and said, Kamsa, by killing Vasudev, what will you achieve? It's not Vasudev who is going to kill you. It's Krishna who is going to kill you. And if you kill Vasudev, then Krishna will be more upset. So rather you uh, try to kill Krishna, then <clears throat> Kamsa said, try to kill Krishna. Do you think I left any stone unturned? <laughs> I tried in every possible way and I'm not succeeding. One after another, all my big, big accomplices are being annihilated. So, uh, Narad Muni said, look, Kamsa, you made a mistake here. When your enemy is so powerful, then is it advisable to deal with him one by one? When the enemy is so powerful, you should gather all your strength and attack your enemy. So Kamsa said, how shall I do that? Then Narmuni said, look, you have this bow that Lord Shiva gave you. That bow is not possible for anyone to string. So you make an announcement that anyone who can string this bow will get half of his kingdom. He'll give half of his kingdom to him. So Kamsa said, okay. Uh, and so that is how this Dhanurjaga was arranged and all the kings were invited, Kamsa's friends, all of them came. Uh, being tempted to win half of Kamsa's kingdom. Uh, and, and at that time, for that occasion, there should be entertainment. And the one entertainment is wrestling. Uh, and Krishna and Balaram are very expert wrestlers. Uh, so, they will display their wrestling skill. So, that's how uh, Kamsa sent arrangement, made arrangements to bring Krishna and Balaram to Mathura. He sent Akrura with his own chariot um, to bring Krishna and Balaram. And Akrura went. <coughs> Akrura actually is a devotee of Krishna. 
So he took advantage of this opportunity. He is also Krishna's uncle. So he took this opportunity to go and see Krishna. So Akrura went to Vrindavan and he met Krishna and Balaram, met Nanda Maharaj and spent the whole night, whole night talking. And he <coughs> also told Krishna and Balaram why Kamsa actually sent him. It is not to just entertain with a wrestling skill. It is an arrangement to kill Krishna and Balaram. Hearing that Krishna just smiled. And the next morning, the gopis saw this chariot. And they were wondering, what is that who came? And then they got to know that this Akrura came to take Krishna and Balaram. So the gopis, they were very upset. And Akrura, his name is Akrura, means who is not cruel, he's the most cruel one. <laughs> he came to take Krishna and Balaram away. So, <clears throat> They tried to stop Akrura from taking Krishna and Balaram away. Some of them were holding the horses. Some of them were holding onto the wheel, pulling it back, or let it go. Some even were lying down on the ground over our dead body. <laughs> you will take Krishna. So this is how they tried to stop Krishna from leaving Vrindavan. But Krishna assured them, don't worry, I'll come back soon. It is the king has invited, we have to go. And <coughs> so Krishna and Balaram was taken to Mathura by Akrura. And so, <coughs> okay, so we'll give some half an hour for question answers. So does anybody have any questions? Yes. Maharaj, you said uh, the three ages, there is Kumar, then you said... Pohvanda. Pohvanda. Pohvanda, yeah. Pohvanda. And then Kishwara. So that, what is the age of five to twelve is the Pohvanda? Huh? What is the age? Ages one to five is Kumar. Kumar. Uh -huh. Kumar. So is Kumar or Kumar? Kumar. Kumar. Kumar means childhood. Childhood pastime. Komar, K-A-U-M-A-R. And then Poganda, 6 to 10. And Koishor, 11 to 15. And then Krishna doesn't grow. He just remains like a 15-year-old boy. Yes? Krishna never leaves Vrindavan and what form and activities Krishna takes when his lifetimes are not manifest? Yeah, not Krishna, Krishna actually never leaves Vrindavan. And it is like, <clears throat> you see when Akrura took Krishna and Balaram came to the bank of 
Jamuna. At that time, Krishna and Balaram went and did Tarpan, took water in his hand and chanted mantra from Jamuna for purification. And then he, they went and sat on the chariot. And Akrura went to take bath, taking Krishna's permission. And when he was taking his bath, he saw Krishna and Balaram in the water. And he was surprised that Krishna Balaram is in the chariot. How come now I'm seeing them in the water? So Akrura got up out of, got out of the water and came and saw Krishna and Balaram sitting on the chariot. So this time when he came back, he saw he didn't see Krishna Balaram. He saw Anantal, Shesh, and Vishnu. And so he was, uh, uh, he quickly took his bath and went back. And Krishna actually asked him at that time, Akru, it looks like you saw something very surprised, very strange. And Akrura said, yes, but anyone who has seen you has seen everything. So for him, there is nothing surprising. <laughs> nothing is strange to him. And <clears throat> so at that point, from the border, when Akrura was taking bath, and Krishna and Balaram were sitting on the chariot, Brajendranandan Krishna went back to Vrindavan. And Devakinandan Krishna, Pasudev Krishna, Akrura took to Mathura. Similarly, when uh, Nandama, when Basudev, after Krishna's birth, brought Krishna to the house of Nanda Maharaj, Basudev Krishna, in the dark, actually he could see properly, right? Jasuda Mata was Mother Jasuda asleep. The room was in darkness. So when he placed Vasudev Krishna, Vasudev, Vasudev Krishna merged into the body of Nandanandan Krishna. And he picked up the daughter and brought the daughter to Madhu. So now the question may arise, then why do the gopis feel or their residents of Vrindavan felt that Krishna was not there? The thing is, by Jogomaya's arrangement, when they would meet Krishna, they would think that they were dreaming. They thought that they were dreaming, when actually they were dealing with Krishna. So what you mentioned that uh, how Krishna comes as uh, original, original personality of Godhead on the 28th Tathya Yuga. So, because since the time is uh, kind of in a cyclical order, so when Krishna comes, the other other times, so people in the world still think that he is one of those uh, incarnations, or is it only in this particular uh, earthly personality people think of him as? <coughs> Krishna, the original personality of Krishna, the son of Nanda Maharaj, Brajendra Nandan Krishna, comes to the earth planet and performs his Brajalila in Bhoma Vrindavan, earthly Vrindavan. So every universe 
has a earth planet. In the earth planet there is Braj Vrindavan. Krishna appears there, performs his pastimes. Right? If, is so, that. So every time Krishna comes and appears in Braj, so like the people in the material world or in the earthly planet, they always misidentify him as one of the incarnations that it has happened? It depends, you know, like how much how they know Krishna. Uh, most of the times the Brajabhasis, they don't even consider whether Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, what to speak of incarnation. They think that Krishna is just Krishna, the object of our love. We don't care whether he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead or not. And generally, people don't understand uh, that He is the Supreme Personality of, Supreme Supreme Personality of Godhead. But when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes and He explains and then people get to know, just as we got to know. We didn't even know who is the Supreme Personality of God. We didn't even believe that there is a Supreme Personality of Godhead. But look what happened by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy. The, uh, it seems as though that the uh, Pogana Lila and the Kumara Lila is predominantly in the, uh, the earth planet, whereas the, uh, the Kishore Lila is, is because I, I, I don't I don't think I think Omar mentioned all these pastimes are in the earth planet. All all of Krishna's pastimes are in the earth planet. Sometimes he goes to uh, other places. But generally, it is on the earth planet. What happens in the uh, in Golok What pastimes happen there? That pastimes, same pastimes are going on. That pastimes are going on here. Oh. It is going on there. It's that same pastimes are depicted here. So what about the childhood and the baby pastimes? Also goes on there. Uh, in in Brinda in Golok, that Krishna's childhood pastimes are not there. That's only in the earth planet. Because there Krishna doesn't take birth. Krishna takes birth here. And he grows through different phases. So these pastimes are uh, only in the earth planet. The other question Brahmach would be, uh, Brahmach is chronologically talking about the progression. So one question comes to mind is, that you see, when Krishna comes, when Chitam Mahaprabhu comes, we, we, we don't seem to understand. When you are taking the questions, show the camera to him. Whoever is doing that. Yeah. So, one of the things is that also then, uh, the Satyaga within the Kali Yuga progresses and Srila Prabhupada is the, is the main personality there. So, whenever there is, wherever Krishna comes, does Srila Prabhupada always come? Whenever Krishna comes, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes. And whenever Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes, Srila Prabhupada comes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that also means that when Srila Prabhupada comes, just like when Krishna comes, his entourage comes. So when, when Srila Prabhupada comes, his entourage comes. Yes. So this is the one part of Srila Prabhupada's entourage.
so anyway <laughs> yes okay Huh? He is, he is Krishna's uncle and he is a very saintly kind of a person, although a warrior class, Kshatriya, but Kamsa thought that he would be the good person to send because, you know, he is kind of neutral and so forth. Yes. Uh, you have a question? Did you raise your hand? Okay. Um, you mentioned that there's three um, things to remember about Krishna's pastimes. Uh, the one was uh, that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. Uh, what are the other two? Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He can do anything. Hmm. Krishna can do anything. And we should not have any doubt about Krishna's ability. And, uh, yeah, and we should accept that uh, with that understanding. Mm. The third thing, what did I say about that? Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He can do anything. And our business is to believe in everything Krishna does. Yes. Uh, Good, very good question. Reflection uh, <coughs> is in Bhagavad Gita about this material nature, one analogy has been given. Like it's a like this material nature is like a tree, endless tree that has its root upwards and branches downwards. Mm. Now tell me which tree has its root upwards and branches downwards? Did you see any tree like that? This root upwards, branches downwards. Yes, you have. When you stood by a lake and you saw the reflection of the tree, what did you see? The roots upwards and branches downwards. So this is how it has been indicated that this material nature is a reflection of the spiritual world. And the reflection is always upside down. Right? Uh, uh, well, yes, so, uh, so it's the root, uh, I mean, it's a reflection. Now, as you asked, you know, upside down, what does it mean? Reflections are upside down. Similarly here, you know, Krishna's activities, which are the highest spiritual activity, when it is reflected, the highest there will appear, the lowest here. For example, uh, Krishna's activities 
the highest activity in the spiritual sky is his dealings with the gopis. The gopis were not, he was not married to the gopis. And many of the gopis were married to someone else. They were married. Now that is the highest spiritual activity. Right? Krishna's dealings with unmarried girls or married girls. Now in the material nature, when you get the reflection, when a man has a relationship with somebody else's wife, is it very noble? <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> kind of relationship. So that is the example of how it is diametrically opposed or upside down. Yeah, the difference between material and spiritual is where Krishna is the center, that is spiritual. Where one is, individual is the center, that is material. When Krishna does something like that, it is the highest. And when a man does, it's the lowest. Okay. <coughs> yes, uh, yeah, you had a question. Krishna, Vasudev Krishna and Brajendra Nandan Krishna. So when Krishna goes back, uh, which one, which Krishna goes back? Yeah, it is Vasudev Krishna. Like Brajendra Nandan Krishna goes to, remains in Vrindavan. Mm -hmm. And Vasudev Krishna is taken to Mathura by Akrura. Or goes back, you mean goes back to Vrindavan? They all go back. Oh. <laughs> it's, you know, they after performing the pastimes, they go back. And Krishna situates in Nandanandan Krishna situates in Vrindavan, and Vasudev Krishna situates himself in Dwarka. And they are all original personalities. Yeah, yeah, original supreme personality of God, but expansion. Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. His first expansion is Balaram. Right? In Vrindavan. And then he expands as Chaturbuha. Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradumna, Aniruddha. That is in Dwarka. Okay. Again, don't question like that. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> no, but in reality, see, they are all eternal. This pastimes going on. Uh, can Radharani come in her original form? Yes. So that's why I'm saying, don't doubt. Uh, you can ask questions, uh, you can, and my business is to answer the question and remove your doubts. But the consideration is that these doubts have to be removed. Do you accept that Radharani is 
is Radharani bound to be a baby Radharani when Krishna is a baby? So, yeah, when Krishna came to Radharani, Krishna said, okay, now I have to dance Rasa dance. So, and that's how the first Rasa dance was enacted. <coughs> Well, <laughs> you see, when she gave birth, uh, after the uh, childbirth, she was so exhausted, she fell asleep. And she did, couldn't remember whether she gave birth to a girl or a boy, or a, both a girl and a boy. She actually gave birth to a both a girl and a boy. Okay. <laughs> Can she do that? And can Jogamaya make her forget? <laughs> That's how it happened. Mm. Yes, Braj? Um, Krishna, when uh, he grows, he um, gets goes up to 16 years old. But does Radharani also just stay at 16? <laughs> she, <laughs> yes, she also stays, just not even 16, 15. <laughs> Right? Yeah. That is their eternal form. Uh, Krishna's eternal, is Krishna's form eternal or changing? Eternal. And this is just earthly pastimes. It's a pastime. It seems that Krishna's form is changing from <coughs> birth and growing and so forth. Uh, but when, it re when he reaches up to 15, no more change. All right. Thank you. Yes. Um, it's going to sound repetitive again, but if if Krishna never takes birth in Golokrandavan, how do we understand that Nanda Maharaj and Golokrandavan see him as his son if no one takes birth? Yeah. You see, by Jogomaya's arrangement, they feel that way. He is my son. And it is confirmed, like in the earth part, earthly pastime, they go through that experience. Oh, Krishna is born. And so that impression remain with them when they are in Braj. And they remember like, although Krishna is not born in Vrindavan, Golok, but they carry that impression. Oh, when Krishna was born, he did this, he did that and so forth. So, do they coexist at the same time when they are in the Earth planet and the Not only coexist, multi-exist, innumerably exist. You know how, how inconceivably, or rather I would say inconceivably exists. You know something? In some universe, Krishna is just born. In some universe, Krishna is just killing Putana. In some universe, Krishna is killing Trinavarta. In some universe, right now, Krishna is dancing with the gopis. And in Golok Vrindavan, Krishna's pastimes are still going on. 
So that's how inconceivable it is. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Okay, so I'll stop now then.